You have heard his music, you have danced to it, and now it is time to get to know him. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Blanca Mazimela. Bro, welcome to the Afterbeat. Ah, that's an intro. I need, I need, to, I need you to save that intro. I need, I, need, I need to play it everywhere I go before I even start playing. Oh, yeah, that's dope, bro. Are you okay, dog? Good, man. How's it going? Ah, uh, man, we're surviving, dog. You know COVID, but uh, we yeah, thank God yeah. for life. Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, welcome to the Afterbeat, bro. Ah, glad to have to, to for you guys to have me, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're excited to have you, dog. Like for real. Thanks, dude. Yeah. So as you know, the after beat is just all about the beat and nothing else. So we're just mm-hmm. gonna be talking about your music only. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So people know you as the winner of the remix competition, but I'm sure there's more to that, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Geez, there's, there's quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm a self-taught producer and DJ. Yep. Um, I started DJing, I think it was 2000. Well, formally, I think it was 2004. Yeah. I've, I've been like in the background there doing my thing. But I mean, my I think the first paying gig was around that time. You? And I mean, yeah, like uh, ever since then, then I went to, to like, I've been, I've been DJing since then. Then obviously um, I went into just the education part and teaching guys how to DJ, how to make music and production. I think that only comes from from my parents. Yeah. Um, my dad, my mom are in the education space with teachers, and I think also I mean with the requirements and stuff um, that I've had since starting in the scene and stuff. Hmm. It's been yeah, it's, it's been just. You know, trying to just—I I don't want to say give back, but at the same time, I mean, because when I started, there was a lot of, you know, uh, lack of information and things, and guys would only go out to certain places, yeah. for instance, to get to get exposed to things and stuff. You know, mm. so so yeah, man. I mean, that's 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 the that's the deal with with my influence in, in terms of just going into music and doing it and stuff. And now, I mean, it's gotten to this point whereby. I mean, we've got uh, schools around, all around the country in South Africa and stuff. And yeah. I mean, I'm heading up that, you know, head up the Soul Candy Institute of Music. And it's always been my passion, always been, you know, a thing of mine to just make sure that guys, you know, get the right direction, get the right information and, you know, just get to be placed in the, in the proper space and stuff and know exactly what direction to take with their music. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. I mean, then, but in between that, I mean, winning competitions and all that stuff. I haven't won, well, I haven't taken part in a competition in a long time. But I mean, I think if, if there were to be one now, I think I just need to refresh my my skills a bit in the competition. I mean, just yeah. You know, I think compete. I think you're way past that, man. <laughs> no, you, you never. You know, like this is the thing. I think the other thing is that a lot of guys, um, you know, get to this point. I was, I think, I was chatting to this with Shimza the other day or someone yeah. and it was the fact that 
you always have to be, you know, like on your game, on yeah. your A game all the time, you know. And there's never a point where you just, you come into the industry and you arrive and then, you know, you forget about the, the, the basics and the things that got you to where you are, you know. And yeah. I think for me, that's, that's always about just refreshing and just doing and keeping the same level of hunger that you had. And also, I mean, guys will always see that ethic and that work ethic, you know. And that's a new word that I'm actually developing now. It's a word ethic is that you just need one in this game. And this just goes out to anyone who's listening that you need to develop that. And it's, it develops over time and stuff. But I mean, it's one thing that you need to develop in terms of making sure that you stay on the same, you know, level and you're always up to your toes on on movements and, and what's happening and stuff and you never get complacent and you never just you know chill ideas are always going to be there that's There's always going to be a fresh idea every single day and you need to be on the forefront of that you know? yeah as a producer as a dj or as someone who's in the entertainment space it's, it's just your duty to always be you know informed and all of that stuff so yeah man i mean that's that's basically a bit about you know who I am, what I. Someone asked me yesterday what I stand for, and I was like, I just stand for hard work. You know, whether it's doing whatever, it's it's just something that we need to wake up to, no matter what. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that are affecting artists now. Yeah. Mental, um, you know, the mental space is, is a real big thing currently for musicians because I mean, some of them have haven't performed in a long while and. I mean, some of them, they, the performing is their main, you know. Um, that's the livelihood, bro. That's the livelihood, you yeah. know. So, and 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 it's a, it's an issue. And I mean, people are not keen. Like I've been I've been trying to collaborate with a lot of people and stuff um, during this lockdown period in terms of just getting into studio. And people get into the studio space and they're not there. Like they they are literally there's no inspiration. You know, they are. So it's it's hard convincing someone to come to a studio. And yeah. Like, but. You know, what are we making this music for? You know, because we don't get to perform this music, you know. And it's just one of those things where you just really have to wake up no matter what and just keep it going and, and really just try and just be efficient and just be the same person that there was. So, but it, it, it's just obviously it's tough to say that, you know, because of the climate and stuff. But I think, I mean, we'll come out of this lockdown and in a better space. Yeah, know, either way, we have to bounce back. A lot of music. Yeah. yeah, that's true, man. That's so yeah, that's, man. That's that's just a bit of a, a sort of a rough, you know, um, intro. Into who, <laughs> who I am. Yeah, that's dope. So, is the name Blanca your real name? No, so I'm born Banzi Mazumela. Yeah. Um, the name Blanca is comes from the Street Fighter game. I used to be really good uh, at Street Fighter back in the day. Yeah. And I only used to use one character, and that was Blanca. And oh. Blanca's from Brazil. You know the game. You'll see Blanca. Um, he's the guy that that has that whole thing that shocks you and stuff with electricity. Yeah. If you watch the Street Fighter movies, you'll see the story of how Blanca came to be him. You know, he was a um, what you call this? Uh, what what is it? Not a subject. It was like a. Look, man. You know when someone does a test, like a test dummy. You know, so they were doing the tests guinea pig. On him. Is it a guinea pig or a guinea pig? Yeah, yes, yeah. It was a guinea pig. Was a normal guy, and then there was a guinea pig, and they were trying to get him to do all of these powers and all of this stuff. And then um, the machines malfunctioned, and then he ended up with having the ability to electrocute, you know, um, someone, and he had this charge in him, you know. And 
that's basically who, who Blanca is. And I think it, it's like over the years, it's something that I've grown to to just uh, you know be part of who I am. Yeah, is that that the shock value in what I do, you know? And in most cases, it's like I'd sit in the corner, and when it comes to me playing, you know, people have that effect of we didn't know that this guy can do this. He was just sitting next to me, and I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can do A, B, C, and D, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's that's basically how it got, you know, to become a thing. People just started calling me Blanca, Blanca, Blanca. And then, I mean, I started playing. The name was there from way before I even started playing. Yeah. Um, and when I started playing, it just stuck, you know. And then, I mean, just to add a bit of identity, my surname was attached to my real surname, which is Mazzanella. Mm. Um, so that's how it became about. And, and then, obviously, over the years, it just, it just grew and just stayed the same. And that's how that name came about. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's so much power in your name. Like, the way you explained it, like, even if someone uh, was not understanding before of, like, what your name means, now they actually mm. get it, you know? Because I was like, ah, Blanca, that can't be his real name. So I was going to ask, if it's not your real name, why didn't you follow the trend of going with AKAs, you know? But then now I get it, you know? Hey, what's up? Yeah, no, look, look, I think even with, with AKAs, I think... Um, my real name, mm-hmm. you know, is I think my what I stand for more than anything is just uh, it's just about having identity, something that you yeah, um, and just having a real foundation in that, in, in knowing Wuti Bani from where you know that's that's why my surname is attached to it, um, because you know it's something that that has been given to me, you know, by the ancestors and stuff in terms of who Mazinella is. Yeah. And it's something that I can go anywhere and just speak about, you know. And then, I mean, there's a story behind Blanca. It's not just a chosen, like a name that I just, you know, thought in Jay. So it's it's something that, you know, is part of me. It's part of who I am. And there's a, there's an identity to it, you know. And I mean, over the years, it's just something that obviously became, you know, um, like a normal thing. Now my mom even calls me Blanca. Yeah, man. So <laughs> that's dope. So, but you know, when when my mom when my mom actually is like, hey, Banzi, then I know, okay, okay it's real. Something is yeah. happening. <laughs> but other than that, man, like it's it's just been something that that I've I've really you know grown to just be accustomed to. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just something that I can really talk about. You know, wherever I go, and there's a sense of identity in that. You know, so yeah. So speaking of identity, like you speak uh, a lot about it. Um, I saw your mix on uh, on YouTube, uh, whereby you went back into the village. Is that where you're from? That's where I'm from. So 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 my thing is um, last year, 20, 2020. Yeah. So I got a well, not twenty twenty. Started in twenty nineteen. Mm. And I've got an opportunity to do the Africa Gets Physical compilation. Mm. So I've been behind the scenes uh, with Get Physical and I've been, you know, just there on doing some A&R duties on the previous compilations also. And I've obviously it's become a thing. The, the first compilation was done by Ryan Megatroid. Yep. The second compilation was done by Kususa. The third one was done by myself. And then... The forthcoming one, I don't know if she's announced it yet, but Tandy Dry is doing the next one. Yep. And then we've got, I think after that, hopefully we've got DJ Croc doing the one after Tandy. But every year there's a compilation from 
you know, an, an emerging artist from, from South Africa um, that is released in Berlin and Germany. And basically, so it's a compilation combining all the artists in the South African space for that particular year. Music from, you know, from, from myself, I had music from Tandy, from DJ Clark. Um, I had music from Ryan Murgatroyd. Um, a lot of the guys that I've compiled on, on my one were guys that, you know, were just, you know, unreleased. There's, there's a, a, a guy from, from Epotswana, his name is Shivers. Yeah. Um, you know, he started on the comp, got him released. There's a guy from Cape Town, his name is Kokoi Zuka. So these are guys that are like doing some cool stuff in the scene, um, but are not, you know, getting that platform Mainstream, to showcase yeah. their stuff, you know. So that's basically what the compilation does. Um, so I compiled, so it was, the story of that compilation is actually very weird because I was compiling for another compilation. I used to, I used to be based in Cape Town. Yeah. So I was doing a compilation for this other venue that I used to play at. And I had music, you know, ready, you know, and then get physical approached. And they were like, look, how would you, you know, feel if you wanted to do the, the, the volume three of the Africa Gets Physical Comp. And then I was like, okay, guys, I've got music already from guys, you know, Plus, also that I, I think the other big plus is that I mean I'm in the in the educational space, and most of the guys that we teach uh, at the Soul Candy Institute of Music, you know, end up releasing music. You know, you've got guys like Dawson who came out from you know our institution, um, and so there's there's a list of these guys from all around the country. So the first prize is for me to approach my students and be like, guys, I'm doing a compilation. Send me some of your music so that we can put it together and. We get it released and stuff so i had quite a lot of content at that time and and yeah man like when get physical approach i was like okay guys i've already got 10 songs here's 10 songs can we can we what do you think of these songs and they were like okay these are hot yeah so the compilation was was literally done in a space of like a month two months you know which sometimes it normally takes a lot of other artists like a year yeah close yeah. to two years because they're obviously trying to just get older and source the music and stuff so the music was ready um, and then, yeah, man, I mean, I think that the biggest thing behind it was also just, you know, showcasing. If you get a platform like showcasing your music in a, in a different country, you know, you, you want to tell the story of what, you know, this compilation is about and where it's from and all of that stuff, you know. So myself going home and doing it there was always a thing of mine from when I started DJing. I always knew that I'm, I'm going to do something there, you know, because that's where you know my my grandfather used to sit you know my late yeah. grandfather used to sit in that spot my dad uh, sits in that spot now you know so it was it was just about time for myself to really do something at that place because it really has like a like an aura around it you know and, yeah. and it's more than just you know trying to do something at home or all of that it's it's literally where all the rituals are done ever since i was a kid yeah. all of my rituals are done there my grandfather taught me about a lot of things at that spot. My dad has taught me a lot of things at that spot. So it was just natural for me to really try and showcase something that that is just raw and authentic, but at the same time, something that also means a lot to me about, you know, really now playing. It was more about playing for my ancestors more yeah, than anything. Yeah. But luckily it was being recorded and obviously we got to showcase it. Um, and also we got to showcase it as now how this compilation is released but also with someone that's watching from anywhere around the world they really get to get a sense of what 
the Africa Gets Physical compilation is about, all about what yeah. story, what story it's trying to tell, and that's I think that that's the the biggest thing behind behind it and how and why we actually got to do it in that way. And it was very, it was very, it wasn't even a thought, man. I mean, I go home on a regular, like I'm literally, I was home last weekend. Yeah, I, I go home as much as I can. You know, sometimes when I'm running out of ideas, I go home and I just chill at home and then ideas come back when I come back. So it's just something that I do. And when I was there and I was like, you know, I was just sitting, I think it was the day before we formed and I was like, no man, like I'm, I'm actually feeling like a set, you know, and the guys that you'll see on the stream there, there's a, there's a drummer to your left and there's a pianist to, yeah. to your right. Um, those are those are my are my band members from the Bandwanas crew. So I've got I've got another alias which is called Bandwanas, Bandwanas and yeah. and yeah, like those are my band members. Donna is on the drums, Remiso is on the keys. Sometimes, you know, myself and Remiso switch around in terms of production on Bandwanas. So it's, it's it was just natural and they both from Mikuya. So it was natural for me to be like, listen, how do you guys feel like let's just jam and just bring your drums, bring your keyboard, let's jam and just record it, you know. And then once we actually thought about it, we were like, okay, cool. The night before we we're like, no man, let's just put together equipment, let's just jam there. And we started jamming in the house and we were like, no man, let's record this tomorrow morning and that was it. And then oh. that's how we actually really got to really record it and just put the whole story together. And the nice thing about it was that it was it was all the compilation music, you know, from yeah. from we're only strictly playing songs that were out on that comp. Um, and it, I think it, yeah, it's still it still resonate even now. Yeah, you know that's I mean? for real. Because I mean, I saw um, the one that uh, David Guetta did, United at Home. He did the mm-hmm. Miami vision, the New York vision, and then he did the Dubai vision. And then mm-hmm. when I saw yours, I'm like, okay. Here, Blanca's trying to tell a story, trying to uh, show us something. I mean, this must be a place where he is from. And it, mm-hmm. it's so important that you are showing people where you are from, like your 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 true roots of who you are. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I think that the, the biggest thing is that, I mean, I know for a fact that I'll be doing some tours soon in, in, in Spain, in Ibiza, in the UK and all of that stuff. And I think the first part was for me to really have like a solid foundation about showcasing where I'm from so that yeah. whenever you get to reference in future I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna come back and only do that when when it gets to a point where I and you know I'm touring the world and yeah, stuff you know yeah. so I think the first point was to really start a project like that at home so that wherever I go I know that I've got a point of reference you know and and plus I mean <clears throat> We also shot uh, the music video of uh, a track that I released uh, that featured Uso Bandwana and Chorus last year, it's called Tuanini. Mm. Um, we shot that at home also, you know, and I think for a first music video, I mean, I, it was also key for me to really just just embrace the people that, that have really kept that dream alive and really show them for first hand that you know this is how i'm gonna go out into the world and this is how i wanna i want them to also view me as as someone who's really you know just trying to showcase where they're from and is really proud about where they where they're from you know and for for those people to really see something being shot in front of them and then for them to see it being aired on tv and stuff you know it, it really meant a lot and i can speak about that video actually um I mean, it was directed by um, by Utula, Tula Somgyala, and 
you know, the thought about it, we, we sat for, for like weeks before and we were like, look, how should we do this video? And I mean, we were like, okay, let's just shoot it on location. I was like, no, man, I think it's going to mean much more if we shoot it at home and just get everyone who's featured on the video to just go to Edudua and and really just you know shoot it from there and the videographer uh, Will Fenter um, who's also part director was also from Cape Town and he flew in you know to come film there and even he was like listen this there's there's more to this video than what than what we are doing now you know because it means so much more to the people here and for them to be really part of that video was was something that that was just special you know so i think going forward you know it's, it's people that will say no but he really did everything here first we yeah. saw him do all of the stuff here so we're not surprised when when we see him wherever because he started doing his things here in front of us he invited us here and and literally like the video came about like that you know and we thought it was going to be a small thing um at the whole it was like umklimbi basically and we actually ended up having to to make it umklimbi because um you know people were there and it just like if you watch the video you'll actually see that none of it is scripted none of it is yeah, acted. like it's raw it's it's raw and yeah. it's the thing and it's actually happening there and the videographer was really happy because he actually got to shoot it in its raw form without directing anyone you know and everyone was just there to shoot you know and yeah man like i mean things like that are just things that are very important for me i think in my progress in in the music uh, space um is to really have a clear identity identity and a way of of really identifying myself and and and, and just setting aside what you know what i want to do in the music space you know and how i want to be seen in the music space and obviously i mean wherever i go i really want to take home um, with me and i really want people to know you know who that you who i am yeah. where i'm from you know uh, and what i'm trying to what message i'm trying to send and, and i think the message is very clear is really unearthing raw talent and is really showcasing that raw talent to wherever i get a chance to do that you know um i'll be it vocalists i'll be it collaborators other producers dj's from from particularly in the eastern cape not that i'm choosing the eastern cape but i think there's a lot of talent there you know and there's a lot of talent that is not seen by the rest of the world and i think i'm getting to be at an opportunity of showcasing that talent and i think that's probably one of my mandates is is really um you know getting to showcase that talent um in what i do you know and yeah man i think that's that's probably one of the the reasons why you know it had to be done at home way, yeah. and and it had to be done that way first so that by the time i do any other thing i've really got a clear you know um, identity of whenever you search wherever you are you'll see where it is where it started what it was and what the story is and how i go forward and develop and obviously as i grow and stuff it's going to be something that is going to be much easier for me to really look back at you know looking back at my catalog and all of that stuff yeah that bed is always 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 that's that that's amazing bro so um mm. when did your love for house music develop around i think it was around 2000 and 2001 yeah. i think around 2000 the year 2000 so my older brother is um 
well he he was like a collector i think he should have been the dj more than me because he's the one that really actually ended up introducing me to house music you yeah. know um but he used to collect quite a lot of music um in particular i think um you know songs or albums that stick out are DJs at work Summer Rockers um and um Hotsis by Freshman Fresh House Flavor 4 Volume 4 Volume 3 Volume 2 mm. um and Volume 1 but Volume 2 was really when when they started I think it was Volume 2 or Volume 3 when they started to mix and blend the songs into the into the into the other songs and i think that for me that was one of the fascinating bits was when a song transitions from one song to the next and i was always fascinated by the fact that you know you started playing this thing from track 1 and you're now at track 12 and it's been seamless throughout you know yeah. one song is moved into so i i would always fast forward to the to the last bits of the song in the mixing section i was like there has to be a science behind this because how is this song being blended with this song and this fashion is just moving seamlessly and stuff and then obviously i'm very what's this word intuitive i think that's the word yeah um and i just started researching and just looking more into what what people do how you get that you know and then i started learning about pitch and i started now putting together that you can pitch a song you can change the pitch of a song by doing this and this and, this. and then it started to make sense by the time i started djing i already knew sort of like the theory and the science behind you know djing blending music what you needed all of that stuff so i'd say around 2000 is when i really you know that bug really hit me yeah um and i think from there i just never looked back in terms of what i knew that i wanted to do you know in that space and how i loved you know music and collecting music like i, be, I became a collector after that too and i knew guys like your julian jabrez your dj gregory you know uh, guys like your rockos your manus all of these guys that have been you know doing it in the scene um and obviously in south africa you, you used to follow guys like uh glen lewis your dj fresh christos minuta vinci um your fistas mixwells yep you know and that's when i realized that you know there is actually an industry here you know and because all of these guys were djs um your dj mondays you know i i collected i still have i had collected a huge bank of compila- compilations and that's when i learned about you know compiling also you know um because you 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 look at the back of a cd and then you find out that oh track 1 is by dj gregory you know track 2 is by osun lade you know and then you realize that oh, okay there's producers so these guys are collecting music from producers that are not from here and they're compiling it and then they're putting it out you know for us which was a big thing because you'd only hear certain songs when a dj plays and you never hear it again exactly. so what they were what they were doing was basically collecting all that music yeah. and releasing it out for us so that we get to be introduced to all of these producers and stuff you know so that's when i realized that okay cool this is something that i really want to pursue this is something that i really want to do um but then obviously in between all of that there were you know studies i had to appease parents and i had to make sure that i i finished my studies you know i studied financial information systems um and yeah that was it yeah i mean that's dope man like so if i'm getting you correct is that like when you got into the industry you got into it from a djing point of view not you wanting to produce right 
it, it's always been i remember being introduced to cubase yep. i think it was cubase sx you know um i knew that okay i i i want to make music but i'm like jesus like cubase is like is is like a thing you know you need to you need to learn all of these things and stuff but i was like you know what as i grow in the industry it's going to be a gradual thing that i'm also going to pursue on the side yeah um, and i mean but my my first my first thing was 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 DJing you know um i got introduced to that and it was much and more accessible um than getting you know production software and understanding you know music theory production theory and all of those things but i think over the years you know as you DJ you also start to just carve out the sound that you ideally want to make sound that that you know like certain emotional space that you want to be in and that's how production also grew into into something that i just started doing behind the scenes to a point where now I was like okay, i actually want to get out and release something now i'm ready you know but yeah. i that that whole process was something that had to happen naturally you know and yeah but djing was the first point of 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 um you know, choice that i that i started doing So you are under the mentorship of Ryan Megatrite, right? Yes. So how much mm-hmm. of his uh how much of your music that you produce is inspired by his sound? A lot. Yeah, 2009 was when I met Ryan. Yeah. Um then we started the whole thing of me being an intern of his. Yeah. And yeah. Um like after that, you know, it just became a natural thing whereby we shared the studio. Um some of my techniques are things that he would also you know appreciate in the studio session vice versa yeah and i think that's that's how the influence went you know i think the first song of his was the song that it did with ulira um nomungaham and that was the first track that really was like okay cool this is this is the type of songs this is the type of songs that i actually want to you know make and make, stuff yeah and that's that's basically how it how it went and then we went into the educational space together um we write books and content and all of that stuff for the Sokandi Institute of Music together so he's a very big influence in quite a lot of um of my music yeah yeah, yeah man that's that's dope my G. so when you're making all these hits man giving us hits all the time what is uh your creative process like what do you mean I mean like um do you have to go through something for you to produce a song or it just comes out like you know naturally you just be like now I need to make this beat and it comes out the same way you imagine it to be uh, look it's it's different but like I said I go home a lot yeah. and I think I mean my ideas really come from you know thinking and sleeping I don't want to say meditating because that will probably sound like I don't I don't meditate <laughs> yeah, but I, was... I go I go home a lot I'm yeah. really inspired by the open space that you get at home and I think every single time I come back from home I have ideas you know and yeah man like my my creative process is is really straightforward you know I mean it has to invoke emotion i have to be in an emotional space you know i write most of the music that i write is probably when in my I'm, i'm in my most saddest space i don't write a lot of music when i'm really happy you know yeah. um, so i really have to be sad in order for me to to just write for real you know, stuff yeah like i i've never all the songs that i've ever released like for instance twanini is a song um that is uh, that is a channeling my grandfather passed away in 2014 pezulu is a story about 
my my grandfather himself um we wrote the song in 2014 immediately after i came back from uh from his funeral and i went to his studio and i was like you know to to konai and i was like look man if you ever know about you know someone that that really inspired you and you've lost that and you know you 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 just wanna praise them but at the same time you want to send a message to them you know and that was the brief basically to the vocalist yeah. um and that's how we got Pezu for example you know same story with Tuanini and so most of the music that I end up writing is really you know it really comes from a sad space I don't want to say I'm a sad artist but yeah I can't write music when I'm really happy like at yeah. all so you put your yeah. your personal experiences yeah my personal experiences and emotion it goes into the music yeah. and it has to be you know so sometimes you sit in studio for hours and hours and hours and hours and then you're gonna cry and be emotional at 4am in the morning and that's when the idea pops out and you write that melody and that and that thing you know and and that's how it is i mean i don't i don't know what the formula is but I mean for me that's that's how it that's works what's you, right, know, yeah. you know that's what works for me that's yeah. fantastic bro so as i've mentioned in the intro that you've won the strong board do you know uh and vice roma goya remix competition that uh was judged by both black coffee and ready d yes would you say winning so, that competition is what opened uh the door for you into the industry not not really i mean i mean um, it was always so so the one thing was i was teaching djing at the time oh yeah and i think the biggest factor behind those competitions was to prove to my students that whatever i'm teaching i'm 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 talking the i'm walking the talk you know because i taught them about um you know preparing for competitions and what they need to do and it was a matter of time for me to be like okay guys i need to prove this to you and yeah. to show you that this is how you win a competition this is what you need to do when you want to win a competition and this is how you prepare for a dj competition you know there was another competition that i was part of which is i never went to to nationals but shimza one ended up winning that competition was the the bertram's vo competition yeah um and at that time there used to be quite a lot of these dj competitions all around and i entered and i was like okay when i came back after winning them i was like okay this is this is what you do now when you win a competition and they started listening you know because i had now started to win these competitions that i used to talk about you know so i think i mean it, it was always something that i just wanted to just tick you know yeah. but at the same time yeah i mean i think it really did open uh, certain doors for me because yeah all right man that's that's dope so tell us about the first song that you ever released if i'm not mistaken i think it's pezul isn't it is it There's another song actually that's called Run Away yeah. um which was my first EP I think it was in 20 2012 or 2011 yeah one of those years um and it was actually picked up by a Cape Town DJ uh, called Dino Michaels he picked it up for his compilation mm. um and it was featured on that comp but it was never released it, it had it had guys like Miz Uh, did a remix um the guy called SVG did a remix uh one of my former students blackman did a remix so i think i'm going to put it out for free some of these one of these days because i mean yeah please it's do still, it's there it's there and it's it's done like it's it's just sitting it's literally just sitting in my in my uh my hard drive and stuff but then obviously i mean <clears throat> then i went back you know that's when i realized okay cool i can do this but now i really am looking for like a specific sound you know so my sound is more about around the you know 
putting together instrumentation that is more organic, you know, sounds that sound closer to nature, but not boring. You can put it on the dance floor, you can play it on a dance floor, but yeah. at the same time, there has to be like a spiritual element that connects you to it, you know, and that's that's how I ended up, um, you know, um, making Pezulu and being like, okay, this is my sound and this is the sound that I want to make to be released. And then luckily, I mean, it was released on an, on, the, on the Get Physical Company international platform. Yeah. And it really got to tell a story you know and now i mean that's 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 the sound but i mean it's developing all the time you know the sound will change you know somehow adapt certain things and all this stuff but my sound will always grow and i think that's the that's the thing you know behind the actual um, behind the actual sound but did i answer that question yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Indeed. I, know, I know I talk a lot. Yeah, right, man. Don't worry, man. So you are both a solo artist and you are also a lead producer for electronic band called Bandanas, the one that you mentioned, right? Yes. So yeah. how do you find time to balance like the two? Look, I think um, Bandanas is... So So how we got it to, to get to, to be uh, Bandanas is really just for my connection with Ryan. Yep. We used to spend a lot of time in the studio together and... I mean, we ended up getting to to just perform with the guys that we normally spend, you know, our studio time with, you know, which was now when when we actually got to do that is when we realized that maybe we can actually release this music that we record in studio, yeah. you know, as 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 another part of us, you know, and that's how Bandwanas was born and stuff, you know, and then you know it's still the same process, mm. um, so meaning it's exactly the same production process, but then the palette is a bit different, you know, we've got live instrumentation and all of that stuff, which makes it into you know a bit of a different, and then I'd say Blanca Blanca Mazimena is more of the dark clubby sound, you yeah. know, the, you, you wanna. You wanna play more the Blanca stuff at a club, at a club. and then hence, you wanna you wanna, wanna you wanna play Bandwanas. Hence you voted three times favorite at uh, Shimmy Beach. I mean <laughs> Yeah man, so so you wanna you wanna play you wanna play that type of sound yeah. you know at a club more and then you wanna play the Bandwanas stuff more for festivals and for like I don't wanna say I, I hate the word commercial space, hmm. but like the more mainstream. So Bandwanas is more mainly for like festivals and the bigger dance floors and, and more mainstream. And then I say Blanca Mazumela is like literally for the club. Yeah. Um and that's how you actually get to differentiate it, you know. Um and I mean there's always time. I mean with Bandwanas it's it's a bit different because we are constantly working you know like there's yeah. constantly ideas from all the band members and stuff and they're constantly contributing so there's always work and there's always someone who has an idea like a melody line we write that melody line turns into a song we get so it's it's always that and and i think the plus is that you've got more brains with with mandranas you've got more people on deck and then with uh, blanca mazimela it's just myself my emotional space and and all that and that's it you know yeah. Hello. Yo, I'm here. Oh, so um, you have worked with the likes of Crazy White Boy, Hulu, uh, mm-hmm. uh and Sobantuana, just to name a few. Yeah. Who else would you like to work with? Um, I'd like to work with with uh, I don't know if you know her. her name is Tosi. Toshi. Um, Tosi. Tosi. 
Oh no, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, C H O S I. Just go check it out. C H O S I. The other thing, the other, I'm very picky about who I work with, you know, because that energy is very important because that's, that energy is, is something that's transferred onto the music. So, yeah. with, with likes of Olushi, I've always wanted to work with Olushi ever since I've been introduced to, to music, like mm. way, way, way back. Um, and it's always been in one of my boxes, you know, and I ticked that box. And same story with the Sobandwana. I mean, her music is rich, you know, yeah. um, and that's that's like that's why I say like the the energies are important. Konaya also, you know, the energies are very important in terms of making sure that they connect with the music that I'm writing. They connect with that space, and they can obviously take and Something get influenced into yeah. writing, you know, for, for for whatever they write for and stuff. You know, and that's why it's very important for me to actually get someone that I connect and I can connect with on, on a, like, like a spiritual level. And yeah. Stuff, you know? So yeah, it's Kosi um, and then it's Unati, Unati Ngai. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, like we are in talks. Plus it's also from right. the Eastern Cape, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, I mean, the bigger prize would probably be Uzonge, but like on a on a producer level, yeah. you know, because Zonge is also a producer and I think like that's the space that I want to connect with her on that space on that level there's a few people that have done it with Uzonke and I think she's also very picky about who she works works with and stuff and 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 it's also important for me to know that you know the person is going to be as pedantic about the music as I am and a feature is not just a feature you know for me it's about telling that whole story and connecting with that person and stuff so yeah I think that's that's my that's my list but I mean course is happening very soon yeah I just had to put those news out (laughs) (laughs) we've got the exclusives I mean (laughs) we've got the exclusives so (laughs) yeah so let's just hope it comes out well yeah yeah Um, and then the rest I think we'll just we'll just work on as, as time goes and stuff yeah man so um, you pride yourself as uh, being tested as a DJ, right? Because yeah. you've played in almost every environment with different audience. Uh, you've played at the likes of Corona Sunset, uh, Bazig, mm-hmm. Rockin' the Daisies, and Wolf Cop Weekender. So yes. just tell us about how you uh, go about preparing for a set. So just a quick, a quick 30 second story about that. So when I was starting out, I used to be a tour DJ for the the spin of Raja Polo. So we oh, used to go around Yeah, we yeah, we used to go around taverns and all of this. Yeah. So I've been I've been introduced to like quite a lot of different spaces, hmm. different different ethnic groups that go play in Mitchell's Plain for the colored community, go play Gualanga, Kailicha, you know, you go play in like the wine places in Cape Town, like different spaces. So it's always been something whereby I was like, okay, cool. In order for me to understand exactly where I want to go, I need to know exactly how each space operates and stuff, you know. So after that, I mean, when I started now branching out into a niche sound and stuff, it was much easier for me to really know exactly who I want to play for and what I need to prep for, you know. Yeah. So a, t- a typical set preparation is is literally just, I mean, going on track source beatport or chatting to producers that are making, you know, my type of sound. And yeah, man, like, I mean, it's it's based on feeling more than anything. You need to understand how body language works. Work, yeah. You need to obviously look at an audience and check what the vibe is, because there's a certain song for a certain time and you can't just select certain songs. You're not playing for yourself. You know? That's true, yeah. Um, and 
even if you're not playing for yourself, but the music that you select has to be appropriate and, and suitable for that particular time and that space and that venue, you know. So yeah. it's always about reading body language and looking at someone and how they're interacting with you and all of that stuff. And that's that. I think that's the important bit that you always need to be aware of, you know, that what time are you playing at, you know, and you, you prep, you prep on the, you know, you've got, I, I, I normally have a formula of saying for every, you need to have one song, yeah. 20 songs for every one song. Meaning if I've got a track like, um, let's just say, what song is, is big right now? Um, um, song, piano song. Oh, I'm a piano song. Or any song, man. Like, let's just say a big song, right? Um, I'd say Doug and Zex Mandrin. And Zex. Yeah. yeah, let's say it's Doug and Zex Mandrin. Yeah. So you can't go into a club knowing that you're going to play that song. But you need to have 20 other similar songs that oh. have the similar feel to that Doug and, and, and Zex song. So that you know if a DJ before you plays that song, you've got 20 other songs you can play that will get the exact similar feeling, even if it's not going to be the same song. You know, so that's generally been my rule, and I sit, I sit and listen to music every single day, like every day. And I mean, I don't have internet now for the past two days, but I sit and listen to new music and yeah. I collect music every single day. And the biggest thing is trying to play all out all that music. That's amazing, bro. So, yeah. what are you currently working on, and what can we expect from Blanca Mazimela in the future? Okay, so I'm working on, I'm working on the collab with with. With the Tosi, and yeah. I'm working on my next Kunye uh, EP. So I've got next a Kunye EP. A, yes. Yes. Ah, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, man. And then I mean the the Kunye movement, right? Like it's really it's dope, it's, man. It's, like it's yo. cool. Yeah. Like like if, if there was anything that would describe a movement in South Africa at this point in time, it's it probably cool. be the Kunye, yeah. you know, because it's guys that have come together that are really just trying to showcase the sound and are really just trying to show the lifestyle, the people behind the sound and all of these things. And I mean, for me to be part of that is, is like a big honor. And it's naturally for me, it's like the music that I'm making is the sound that Kunye is releasing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's, it's like my safe home, like a safe space for me to really put together music and stuff. So I'm working on my next Kunye EP. Um, and then, yeah, man, I'm just working on some Bandwana stuff. We've got Bandwana's, uh, a big EP that's coming out yep. in, in the September. I'm not sure about the exact month. I think it's September or it's October, one of the two months. Mm. Um, and it's coming out on a big international label. And then we've got uh, an album that we're working on with Bandwana's that I'm finishing off. And then hopefully next year, I think, you know, by this time, I should have my album together. Um, and then that's it, man. Like I'm, I'm in studio all the time. Like I'm literally my my PC in front of me is open. Yesterday I was working on like five different songs, and I finished Yo, three that's, and just that's and the, just dashed. That's hard work. Right yeah, no, I just dashed the three away, and I know yeah. that they're gonna come in handy sometime soon, you know. But yeah, I'm in production, I'm in studio, and I'm working on my Kunye EP currently. I mean, we we waiting and we're rooting for you, bro. Thanks, man. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't spoken about? Um, no, man. No, I mean, I just think like, I think the only thing I can say is just, I mean, to, to every artist out there is just, we just keep it, just keep it going. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's tough times and stuff, but I mean, 
think we'll all come out, you know, shining after this whole thing. And I think guys who just get into the studio, you know, and just write all and put all their thoughts into the music, all their feelings and all that stuff into the music. And I mean, it's gonna pass and we'll probably be gigging soon. Yep. Um and yeah, man, let's just make more music and let's release more music. Oh well, man. Blanca, thank you for taking time to share your journey with us here on the Afterbeat. We appreciate Thanks, you man. and you are now part of the Afterbeat family. And we wish you nothing you, but the best, my nigga. Thanks, my man. Oh well, bro. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That was Blanca Mazimela on the Afterbeat. My name is Hope Tops. I'll be back again next week to do the same thing good, if not better. Peace.